Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today I have on a representative from SG Blocks. I've literally been trying to get this interview for over a year. And it's so strange, although it really isn't. I mean, if you've listened to this show, you hear me talk about this all the time where I try to book a show and for some reason it doesn't happen or it keeps getting canceled. And I always take a step back and say, all right, the universe knows what's going on here. So literally I've been trying to get this interview for over a year. And every time we would get it on the books, something would come up, something would happen and it would get canceled. Finally, I was able to record the show in March. I was so excited. I was going to put it up uh, in April for, you know, my month of environmentalism, because we all know how much of a, a big fan of Mama Earth that I am. And I recorded it, and then we got slammed with the pandemic. And I realized, you know, SG Blocks is about container living. And it just didn't seem like a really good topic to be talking about considering the events that were unfolding, you know? And I knew that if I put it up, people wouldn't hear what we were talking about. They wouldn't hear what I was saying because there were such bigger things at play. I understand this completely because people get distracted by what's in front of them. And so this is not a subject matter that, you know, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. But as we really start to embrace our new elevated lives, I think now is the perfect time to be talking about a new and sustainable way of living through repurposing containers. That's what SG Blocks is all about, container living. So about 15 years ago, I used to, uh, I had this magazine, it was called Dwell. It was really rad, I loved it. I think my mom got me um, a subscription for it for like two or three years. And it was just this really cool magazine about forward-thinking builders, architects, and engineers, and how they would, you know, they utilize this incredible ingenuity uh, to really see housing and retail in a new way. And a lot of the things that they would do were prefab homes and container living. And at the time, I was married to my then-husband, and he and I owned a piece of lakefront property on uh, Lake Kentucky. And so my plan was to either put a prefab home up on this piece of property or a container or something like that. I really wanted to put some type of a a container home or something uh, on this beautiful piece of property. I had it all planned out. I had the floor plan drawn up. I I had everything planned out. Well, that all went to hell in a (laughs) handbasket. Never happened, but... I never lost sight of the idea of living in more sustainable ways. Obviously, I'm an environmentalist. I always talk about it on the show, like, you know, just little things that we can do every day to really, you know, help our planet. So 
that's why talking about this now is perfect because as we move forward, we are going to start seeing a lot of shifts happening. We're going to start seeing a lot of structures change. Our financial system, educational system, government, and even healthcare are about to get a massive, massive reboot. So, you know, you may be saying, great, Amanda, what does this mean? What does this really look like? Well, I think that, you know, if we take a step back and really look at this, what this means is we are being forced to go back to basics. We have overcomplicated our lives way too much. The go, go, go attitude, the push, 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 you know, I'm an island, I have to work, you know, all the time and I have to strive and I have to be a consumer. That is all ego. So I think what we are going to start seeing is a rise in people leaving metropolitan cities and heading for the country. Yep. I think that, you know, whether you live in the desert, the plains, the woods, wherever, people are going to realize after this pandemic, and there will be a second wave, I think that we are going to realize that we need to land in a place that gives us the ability to create a sustainable life, a sustainable way to live. Right now, we are far too dependent on all of the shit around us. And if any one of those things goes away, what are you going to do? If your food system, you know, went away tomorrow, do you know how to grow vegetables? Do you know how to survive without going into panic? <laughs> right? So a lot of us, it, it's only been in the last 100 years, but it, I was reading a statistic the other day and it was saying that 100 years ago, like 75% of the population still had cattle, pigs, sheep, and grew their own farms. And it's only been in the last 50 years or so that we've really become dependent on uh, outside sources like grocery stores to provide us with our food. So I think we're gonna start realizing that it's important to create sustainable ways of living, being able to uh, thrive and survive on our own, and realize the importance of having close-knit communities, you know, communities that you can rely on. Obviously, we can't do all things. So, you know, in the olden days, communities would have somebody who was really great at making clothes, somebody who was really good at, you know, making moonshine, really good at farming, really, you know, everybody had a skill set. So I think this is where those uh, communal type communities are going to start coming back because everybody has a skill set and it's going to take all of us coming together to create communities that uh, can thrive. So this is where SG Blocks comes in. They are a way to build affordable housing from repurposed containers. And now more than ever, that's relevant. You know, if we're gonna start making this huge shift to a more sustainable way of living and caring for our planet and, you know, producing our own goods, you know, why not repurpose something that we have a ton of, which are these containers. So, and I just want to mention, um, one of my previous students, uh, Brett emailed, uh, a couple weeks ago and I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this up by next week. I'm trying, I'm trying to, uh, juggle many things right now. So you'll notice that I'm still doing, I think I'm still doing a podcast every week. I think I've managed that. I'll have to look and see. Um, but I'm going to start slowing down because my plate is starting to get really, really full again. And so I'm, I'm trying to, to juggle all this time, you know, all this stuff while simultaneously I'm supposed to be simplifying just like y'all. <laughs> but 
I am going to do a podcast around this. I'm going to try to get it up for next week, but she had a brilliant, brilliant question. And I want to address this. Um, I'll go into greater detail about this email, but her question is, how do we know that this paradigm shift that we're changing to is positive? Wow, what a great question, right? So I'm going to address that. Uh, Hopefully I'll get that up next week. But I think that's a brilliant question. And I think it's probably a question that many of you have on your minds because there's a lot of scary things going on. And, you know, you have to remember, we just went through one eclipse. We've got five planets in retrograde. Five. And we've got Saturn, Pluto, and Jupiter conjunct. So, yeah, that's a lot. That's, you know, when we look back at, you know, um, when big, big shifts occurred, uh, you know, that's what was going on in the, in the stars. So we're going through that again. And it's good. It's, it is going to be positive. Um, this type of stuff is required because it forces us to change. We've gotten stuck in our ways. We think our ways are the only way and they're not. So I definitely want to talk more about this. I think it's a great question. And I, I know that there's a lot of scary things that are going on. So, you know, you think that it can't possibly get any worse. And you have to remember that we just went through one eclipse. We still have two more. We have one on June 21st and we have one on, I think it's July 2nd or July 3rd is our, our next eclipse. So we're not only in retrograde season, but we're also in eclipse season. And eclipses are all about shining a light on the shit that doesn't serve us. And guess what? We got a lot of house cleaning to do. So again, positive stuff but you're seeing it it literally feels like boom 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 all of this stuff is hitting all at once and like I think of my mother who hates change and she's like good god I'm just I'm gonna go to my lake house and I'm gonna just lock myself in the house and just stare at the lake because I just you keep telling me that it's not gonna get any better and she keeps saying I think you're over exaggerating and then she'll text me and she'll say oh my god literally it's something new every week so (laughs) that's what 2020 is all about and we are not out of the woods yet we still got to get through through the rest of this year so again all positive nothing to fret about so I'll definitely uh, talk about that topic but today I really want to talk about container living I think that this is something that we all need to be putting on our radar because as we move forward you know when we look at the astrology over the next four to five years we're going to be going through a lot of upheaval Uh, the U.S. natal chart is the one that's getting hit the hardest if you signed up for my workshop that I did with um, Sharita Starr we talked about this how our our country especially is really really getting shaken up because you know we got to change things so if we're going to be moving to the country and really changing the way that we live and simplifying today's guest is a great great person to be sharing with you valuable information on what this looks like and how to do it so today we're going to learn about what container living is all about where they come from why living this way has so many benefits and the best part holy cow y'all it's super affordable are you ready hell yeah let's do this hey hey everyone welcome to the show my name is amanda gates and today we are going to be talking with steve with sg blocks welcome steve well thank you i appreciate it We've actually been trying to do this interview for a while now, so I uh, have some questions that 
uh, I put together originally just because I'm um, curious about, you know, what SG Blocks is. So let's just get started kind of at the beginning and, and give us kind of an idea of how SG Blocks got started and, and what exactly it is. Well, SG Blocks is a, really a, a technology company that is involved in application of container-based, shipping container-based uh, structures and buildings. Um, we started about uh, 13 years ago um, doing some smaller residential and uh, small commercial structures. Um, and in the meantime, since over the last 13 years, we've been able to really put together sort of a uh, technology package uh, that allows us to get these types of structures accepted by not only the jurisdictions, local jurisdictions, but also by the International Codes Council and the International Building Code, uh, so that it becomes an a alternative building system uh, to classic conventional type of construction. So I know that I've seen, um like on HGTV and shows like that. I've seen them online. I've seen people uh, convert shipping containers into really kick-ass homes that I think are, you know, there's a lot of ingenuity behind them. But in case the audience is, is new to this idea, what exactly is a shipping container and how do you make it into a home? Well, it's a standard shipping container that you see going down the road, or I'm sure many people have seen them on board uh, container ships that uh, ship all over the world. It's uh, most of them are 40 foot long by nine foot six high by eight foot wide uh, shipping boxes basically uh, that allow um, yeah. retailers and vendors and, and people all over the world to ship their goods and services everywhere. What we do is we take those shipping containers um, and take the basic box itself and then develop a configuration and a design that allows us to take advantage of the inherent strength and the inherent uh, capabilities of the shipping container itself and you cut windows and doors and, and take sidewalls out wherever necessary to meet the aesthetic and, and functional needs of the space and, and use it basically as the bones, if you will, the structure of, uh, of your building. Uh, so it's, it's really just taking that box, it's like a big Lego set in many respects. You can stack these in virtually any configuration. You can take out, you know, some sidewall here and there or add doors and windows wherever necessary and create some very interesting spaces and volumes, uh, very much like you would with conventional construction, but it's basically prefabricated. The basic structure itself is already there. We just take advantage of it. So, one of the questions I have is why do it? Why, you know, why would you want to use a shipping container as opposed to hiring a contractor and just building a home? What are the benefits? Well, the benefits are it, it's like any other modular construction. Um, we're starting out with the base um, box, if you will, the structural box that is can can be easily modified and very quickly. Um, finished out so that it's it's much faster than conventional stick built construction. Number one, it's basically modular uh, 
construction. It's just that we're starting with a container instead of starting with a uh, either steel or wood frame like a conventional modular uh, fabricator would do. So it's faster for sure. Uh, and depending upon the uh, the type of structure you're doing, uh, especially on larger scale residential and and retail, um, it, it also is going to give you some advantages in terms of uh, of the cost of construction uh, for individual one-off type homes or you know smaller projects. Um, it's probably going to be about the same cost as a conventional stick bill. But as you get to larger, more sophisticated structures um, and retail type structures and commercial structures, it starts to separate itself and becomes uh, a little less expensive than conventional and certainly faster. And especially for retail and commercial, faster equates to cost savings as well. So I would also imagine that there's a lot of these shipping containers that are out there. So I would imagine that this is also quite sustainable. Well, that's the whole idea. I mean, you're starting out with a uh, shipping container. By definition, it's used at least once, and in many cases, hundreds of times uh, over the lifespan of the box. Uh, so it, it's something, it's a recycled material, repurposed. We, we really say repurposed as opposed to recycled because we, we do modify it uh, to make it a livable functional space. But fundamentally, it's a repurposed uh, uh, steel enclosure. Um, and it's very durable, as you can imagine, to be, to be strong enough to withstand the abuse and the conditions, maritime conditions especially, that it has to encounter when it travels all over the world. It's going to be much more durable than wood construction, for instance, like standard stick-built wood frame structure. This is steel, and it's Cortan steel, and Cortan steel is a rust-resistant steel. So on top of being strong, it's rust-resistant as well. So I'm curious, you were saying that, you know, in order to make them habitable, obviously, you've got to cut into them and, and put windows and uh, add plumbing and electricity and things. Does that hinder that integrity of the strength of the steel at all when you do that? It, it has to be accounted for, of course. Um, it's like any other structure, you know, as a structural engineer, when you go in and you start putting doors and windows and shear walls or, or holes in floors to accommodate mechanical duct systems and so forth, you have to accommodate it. Uh, and we have, one of the things that we have done over the last 13 years is we have developed the analytical tools, uh, the technical tools that are necessary to accurately predict the behavior of these when you start uh, putting apertures and openings and, and removing some sidewalls. Um, so you, you still have to, uh, you, know, you try to retain as much of that as you can, but uh, you know, you, your functional space has to work and we have the ability to accurately uh, figure out what any strengthening or reinforcement is necessary to, to deal with these openings um, that are required functional reasons um, and it, it's just it really is no different than any other conventional building in terms of the engineering necessary to accommodate openings and holes and, and, and large spaces and high ceilings and those types of things uh, we've developed the tools to predict that behavior and the design appropriately awesome so when you said that uh, you know it's more prefab construction when somebody decides 
you know, how do they decide how many shipping containers they need? And, and do you typically do this on site or do you uh, do a lot of the prefabrication in your factory and then ship it to the site? Well, I'll answer the second question first. We typically do it uh, at our factory or at one of our uh, shipping container depots. Um, and we, you know, we take detailed fabrication drawings that are, the that are done by licensed architects and engineers who are looking at the spaces that the, that the client wants, the customer wants. Um, and then we have detailed uh, fabrication drawings to tell us where to put the holes and where to put the openings. Uh, and how they stack and configure together. Uh, then once we cut it up and, and we, each module, each container uh, is then shipped individually, of course, and is erected, we call it stacking, referred to as a stacking scheme on site um, and secured together uh, appropriately as, as designed. Uh, and then you, know, you create the volumes and spaces that way by, like, again, a little bit like a Lego set. You're putting these together and offsetting some and stacking them you know, two or three or four high, whatever it takes. Uh, and once it's stacked up together, uh, usually, you know, in a, a few days at most, you can stack these containers in your, in your uh, configuration. And then you're what we call topped out structurally, which would take many, many weeks for a, a typical um, stick field building where you're doing it one stick at a time, you know, one mm -hmm. stud at a time or one piece of steel at a time. Every time you set a box, you have 320 square feet basically structurally uh, set. And if you do full modular as opposed to just modifying the boxes and finishing on site, uh, there's two ways of doing it. Uh, but if you do full modular, we'll do the, the drywall and the mechanical, electrical and plumbing and, and uh, some flooring finishes and stuff like that in the factory. So when we send it and set it on site, all we have to do is, is uh, close up the mating lines and make the interconnects between containers for electrical and plumbing and so forth. It goes very quickly once it's on site. Wow. And then how does somebody know? It sounds like you really customize these and you, you um, can really work with them as far as uh, knowing how the layout is and, and how many, you know, square feet they want. Like, do they come to you and say, you know, we're look, looking for a, a approximately a 2,500 square foot house, three bedrooms, you know, we've got three kids mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And you kind of help them with CAD drawings and, and draw it up and, and figure out how many they need. Yeah, it's the same process you go through for any building. Uh, you, you, it's just that we're using a different uh, source of the, of the structure. But the basic designing your spaces, the size of the bedrooms, the size of the kitchen, or in a commercial sector, the size of the office, the size of the conference room, you, you have to design that, uh, get it uh, site specific to your site, uh, and then make sure, make sure you're meeting all the code requirements and setback requirements. That, that's no different than conventional uh, construction and, and design that happens every day using conventional materials. The only difference is, is that we're going to build now out of these uh, steel building blocks called shipping containers uh, and create that volume or that space uh, using a little bit different product than uh, conventional steel or concrete or wood framing. And how are they typically, are they set up like mobile homes or are they on slab foundations or how do you typically uh, put them on the land? No, this is not, 
Uh, we never call things that we never, never compare ourselves with mobile homes because this, this is not a mobile, this is permanent construction. It's fundamentally a steel frame building is what it is. Uh, it's, again, instead of using a wide flange beams and, and uh, you know, trusses like you see in any, you know, all kinds of commercial and residential construction, we're using ship, steel shipping containers. Uh, so they're put on a permanent foundation. They become the permanent structure. Uh, just like any other uh, type of construction. Uh, and it'll last as long or longer than a lot of, especially wood construction, because it's it's all steel. And what is the, it sounds like, you know, because you can be so much, like prefab homes, you can really be, uh, I feel like a lot more efficient and things can get done a lot faster, especially when you're able to, uh, you know, modify these containers in a factory what is the typical turnaround time i mean can you put something together in a relatively quick amount of time because you know you can really control a lot of the the processes well absolutely i mean you're working in a controlled environment out of the weather uh you know you look at a classic single stick built home that you see built you know anywhere you go they're out in the mud they're out in the rain their frames going up everything gets wet has to dry out Tornadoes uh, you know, here in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So there's there's all kinds of things that can happen once you're in the field, whereas in a factory environment, all your materials are protected. Um, it, it's just more efficient. I mean, modular construction, whether it's container-based or, or conventionally based, uh, is going to be a very efficient way of, of uh, building, and, and I think much more efficient. You, you have less waste. Uh, you have less weather damage. You have less, less theft all the things that, that contribute to uh, increasing the cost of conventional construction, uh, let's do it in a, in a controlled environment and ship it on site. You have less site impact because you're only on site for a fraction of the time that you'd be for a stick built building, uh, site built building. Uh, so you have less, you know, uh, drainage and, and uh, uh, siltation, you know, all the things that make site build work uh, a little less efficient a lot of that goes away when you're working with modular type construction. And we just happen to be doing container-based modular construction, which even allows us, I think, in many respects to go faster because the frame is already there. We just have to modify it and finish it out and then put it on site. So can this be done anywhere? I don't know where you guys are located, but let's say somebody buys a, a plot of land in the middle of Oklahoma and wants to do shipping container. Can they work through mm -hmm. a company like you and have them help them build it? And then you guys ship it. And I'm assuming you have crews that go out there and help set all this up and get them up and running. Or do you rely on local contractors to help you? We do both. We have crews that can travel. Uh, we have we have what we call installation contractors that we work with and we'll go just about anywhere in the U.S. But we also work with local contractors uh, because, it's, you know, if you can do local, because uh, somebody has to do the foundations on site, somebody has to bring the sewer line in, you know, there's, there's standard Electricity. stuff is always yeah. going to be site-based. Uh, but so we can go and do it either way. Uh, we try to make it as simple. Um, as we can when we ship these units out there and most of the work is already done, 90, 95% is already done, <clears throat> most qualified general contractors can handle it very easily and we provide technical support if they need it. We can have somebody on site um, just provide you know, technical guidance if they need it. 
you know, which fold goes where and that type of thing. Uh, but fundamentally, it's, it doesn't require any specialized skills as such for a general contractor. Any good qualified contractor uh, with a little bit of technical support and guidance can put this together on site uh, under our guidance, or we can bring the installation through it and do it for the client. Well, that's good to know because there might be some people that, you know, think that, oh, well, I, I can't do this in my area because I don't know that the contractors are going to be able to figure out how to put this together. So I think that's really good to know. Um, I'm curious mm -hmm. if someone is listening to this and they're really interested in doing something like this, is there a like per square foot way of doing this? Like, you know, here in Nashville, the average home right now is about 200, uh, 200 bucks a foot. So is there a way to price it per square foot to get a ballpark idea of what something like this costs or is it so custom that it, you know, it depends on each project? Well, it depends on a lot of things. It's like when you go to Nashville, you say, how much does a home cost in Nashville? Well, I can buy a house in Nashville for 250000 or I can buy one for 750000 uh, It depends on how many square feet. It depends on the finishes. It depends on a lot of, and where it's located. There's just a lot of, lot of factors that enter into it. But in general, it's going to be, you know, and I, I'm, I'm also from Nashville, so I'm familiar with the costs around here. And you're, you're right, it's in that 175 to 200 I've seen some as high as 220 a square foot, depending upon where it's located. Uh, and we're going to be very competitive with that. Uh, and, and for if you're looking for uh, more affordable type finishes and you know little nothing too fancy and just you make it affordable and efficient, uh, you can get below that, quite a bit below that actually. So it depends on what the client is looking for. If they're looking for a very very high-end custom home. We've done million and a half dollar homes in the Hamptons in New York, uh, and we've done, uh, you know, $120,000 affordable housing, you know, elsewhere. So, you know, in, in less expensive areas. So it, it really depends where you are, but we find that, that the, you can be very competitive in a market like Nashville, um, where housing prices are, there's a hot market right now. So housing prices are, easily in the 200 range and you should be able to do an equivalent house for the pool of finishes for below that. Well, and that's good to know because what I'm seeing, uh, especially in the, the sustainable realm is a lot of people are not wanting to do the big houses anymore. They're not wanting to go the traditional route of, you know, the, the big mortgage and, you know, the working seven days a week. They're trying to simplify. They want to get a plot of land. They want to, you know, create things mm -hmm. that are more circular. So it's good to know that, you know, because this is such a, a fancy trend, uh, you know, I'm starting to see it everywhere. A lot of times people will be intimidated by that and they'll think, oh, well, that's probably something that I can't afford. When in actuality, if they've got a plot of land and they, they can, you know, get a contractor out there to, to pull electricity and water and, and get everything set up for them, they can probably do something um, that's not only sustainable and quicker and more controlled, but they can do something that's quite affordable as well. Absolutely. There's, there's absolutely no reason when you, you can't, uh, in this market or really any market, but in, in, I'll use Nashville because I'm more familiar with it and we know it's a hot market right now. Um, you should be able to be very competitive. Uh, I'm, it's, it's, some people come in and think it's going to be you know, extraordinarily cheaper. Um, and the bottom line is, is that it's, it's, it should be less expensive. 
especially if you're careful about the design and you can play to the strengths of the containers, like any building material, you want to play to the strengths of that building material. And so, you know, if, if you are, are design it well and, and, and efficiently, uh, you should be able to do it for a lot less than 200 uh, a square foot. Um, and you'll have a steel building instead of a wood building. And you think about that, especially when you're looking at what happened here recently, uh, I'd much rather be in a steel building than a wood building when that thing comes through. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you just got to look at it from a perspective. It's durable. It's uh, water resistant. It's, it's rust resistant. It's um, energy efficient because it's so, it's so, uh, 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 the sidewalls of the painter, except where you put doors and windows, it is watertight. The whole box is watertight. So the only, you, know, you get very little infiltration or exfiltration out of the box. So there's just a lot of uh, advantages uh, that you just don't have with standard stick built construction. Well, and like you said earlier, when you really think about what those boxes go through, I mean, they are put on ships and they, they you know, go across oceans and the guys that are moving those suckers off of ships and into the, the freight yards, like they are not, you know, treating those boxes well. <laughs> no, they are. Believe me, I know. <laughs> they're getting used and abused and, you know, they're, they're not being used or they're not being treated well. So to know that they can go through that level of abuse, you know, I think is uh, quite attractive when you're looking for a durable material. And especially, I just really think like, you know, my dream is to, to be able to buy like 300 acres here in Nashville and like go out in the middle of the woods and just ignore everybody and be a hermit. And so this, something like this really appeals to me because I love the sustainability of it. And I love that, um, you know, there's an environmental factor, but I love prefab. I love the idea of, of a controlled environment and something being built in a factory and, and going up quickly and um, I, I just think that you can get a, a far superior product as far as the building goes, because you are, when you do any kind of new construction, you are affected by the weather. And if it's cold then your workers aren't working as well, if it's hot, they're not working as well. You've, like you said, you've got drainage issues. There's all kinds of things that are going on on a stick built home. And you avoid all of that when it's temperature controlled and your employees are happy and they're drywalling and nice, you know, cool, energy efficient, <laughs> you know, factory yeah. controlled uh, environment. And when it's nine degrees outside, you know, it's really hard to get anything done and it's hard to get your fingers to work. But when you're in a controlled environment, I, I just think that you can get such a, a far superior product. I am curious as far as these go, are there any limitations as far as how they can uh, be put together or any limitations on where they can be put together? Or is it pretty much, you know, if you can dream it, you guys can build it? Well, I would say it, it, the only limitation is, is how creative you want to be. You know, again, I go back to my Legos analogy. Uh, think how interesting, you know, people start putting those together, what they do with them. And they're all just blocks. They're just rectangular cubic blocks, volumetric boxes that they put together in these really interesting shapes and volumes and, and uh, create these spaces and so forth. It's exactly the same thing, much larger, of course, but it, 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 you're really only limited by your creativity. I mean, there are certain things that, you know, that, that you're working within the confines of this 40 foot by nine foot six by eight foot wide box. You still have that. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we refer to the business as is the grid, if you will, but, the structural grid, um, and you have to you have to stay with that. Doesn't doesn't mean all your rooms have to be eight foot wide, 
uh, because you can cut out sidewalls, but the basic support of the structure is still there. So, and the ceiling heights, uh, ceiling heights are going to be uh, more limited in this application than they would be in standard stick built uh, because the box is nine foot six high. You know, you still get eight foot ceilings where you need them, finished ceilings uh, in certain types of structures, and there's ways we can put these together and stack them together that can create some larger cathedral type ceilings and so forth. Uh, with framing between the containers with some conventional construction. So again, it's, it's, it's the creative juices, if you will, of how you put these together and create the kind of volume you want uh, and still have it predominantly uh, all prefabricated, but predominantly container-based. Um, and it gives you some uh, really interesting and uh, fun designs uh, that are going to be very unique. Uh, have any has any uh, builder or any area in the country done any type of subdivision with these, or, or used them in a like a multiple like a boutique neighborhood or anything? Uh, not yet, to my knowledge. Uh, we haven't yet. Uh, we've done multiple houses. Uh, we've done some commercial stuff. Uh, we've done some work for the military. Uh, you know, with, uh, quite a bit of stuff. Uh, and the next step is multifamily. Um, Type applications, so that's where everybody wants to take it to the next level, uh, and that's where we're headed with it. Uh, we've done some schools, we've done some um, some retail. Uh, so there's it really crosses all types of construction and types of applications, um, and as it becomes more and more accepted, uh, I think you're going to see it in much more either in subdivisions or uh, certainly uh, in multifamily housing. Uh, you're going to see it, I think, more and more, especially now that we have, uh, over the last two years now, we have what's called an ESR uh, with the International Codes Council, um, which basically is a, an endorsement, if you will, that the container is recognized by the International Building Code as an alternative building system. And that has really allowed us now to look at more than just single-family homes, uh, but look at you know a little larger multifamily uh, or commercial office or retail uh, educational spaces, things like that, uh, because now it's been uh, scrutinized, if you will, by the code authorities, and they agree that it's a it's an alternative uh, building system that's acceptable. Yeah, and I've seen some fantastic commercial spaces. I've seen a lot of coffee shops. Um, and retails uh, like boutique clothing stores use these, and I think they're fantastic. I think they're perfect for that. Yeah, and we've done quite a bit of that. We've worked with a lot of the largest retailers. Uh, uh, I mean, it's 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 ready made for that. We're also doing a lot of what I call exterior food court type structures, uh, where you create an event space and you have the you know supporting food service and you know other event space around it. It's it's becoming quite a uh, a bit of a thing nowadays. Uh, we've got well, three or four of those going on right now that are really interesting. Uh, it, it, uh, we, we created one here in Nashville, actually, uh, over one city. I don't know if you're familiar with that or off Charlotte, but there's some really interesting applications uh, where you can take advantage of the, uh, of the just the basic structure of the container and and quickly put together these retail and, and retail support and commercial spaces um, like the developers want. They need it fast. They need it mm -hmm. fast and strong and, and in some cases relocatable. 
Yeah. Well, I think this is fantastic. I love the idea of this. And I, again, I love the idea that it's sustainable. And I love the creative aspect that um, taking the the dimensions of an existing box and, and like you said, making Legos out of it, that to me seems far more fun and creative than uh, trying to, you know, just from building from scratch from, you know, stick built homes or even still uh, retail spaces. This just seems a, a lot more fun to me. Um, and I'm hoping that through this podcast, people will get a little bit more educated and excited about the opportunities and what's available to them. I do want to thank you for coming on today, Steve. If people are interested in learning more about SG Blocks and, and would like to learn more about, you know, if this is something that they're interested in doing themselves, where do they find you? How do they get more information? The best way is to go on our website. Uh, it's just uh, www.sgblocks.com com and it's it's very simple and uh, there's there's a, a contact uh, number in there where you'll get to our people that'll follow up on these types of things and um, but and there's also a lot of information there a, a good good uh, photographs of uh, existing uh, or work that we're working on and what we completed and tells you a little bit about the company and so that's that's the best place to start and then there'll be a contact number there that uh, will allow them to talk to our people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this today, Steve. And I'm sorry we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but I think that the content was well worth the wait. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Uh, I enjoy doing it. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you very Bye -bye. much. One of my favorite quotes by Thich Nhat Hanh is, people have a hard time letting go of their suffering out of the fear of the unknown. They would much prefer suffering because it's familiar. I think that 2020 is definitely reminding us that there's only one thing that is absolute and that is change. And I think that, you know, my mom said uh, about a week ago that her threshold <laughs> for change uh, is in overwhelm. And I get it. I know that there's a lot of things that are going on, but just remember that uncertainty is the gateway to possibility. We have a lot of um, fantastic things on the horizon and as souls we're going to learn a great many things in this experience and we're going to really see um, our power and we're going to be empowered by this experience we just have to get through it I hope that you've enjoyed the show today I hope that this expands uh, your mind of what's possible as far as living and how we can live and how we should be living, you know, getting closer to the earth and really honoring the cycles, the moon cycles, the seasons, um, just as we once did. And it worked well for us. So I'm hoping that this broadens your horizons on just maybe some things that you haven't thought of. And good Lord, we have such a plethora of containers that are out there. I think that building container communities would be awesome. I think that that, you know, I mean, just imagine it. Imagine if you could, you know, uh, buy, like here in Tennessee, we've got huge portions of land. I could just imagine uh, purchasing a large piece of land, creating a uh, slew of container homes on the property and having everybody pitch in, you know, having a garden and, you know, everybody taking care of the land, having somebody, you know, like having trades, having skilled tradesmen uh, and tradeswomen doing things on uh, this land and basically supplying for everyone, taking care of everyone, very communal. 
I think we did this in the 70s, right? <laughs> it was considered a hippie thing to do. But just imagine if we didn't have this idea of having to pay rent and having financial burdens and the stress of getting into work every day and, and just, you know, really going uh, and honoring cyclical natural things and working together with other humans. I mean, oh my God, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Sign me up. I want to do that. All right, everyone, if you would like more information about me or if you're interested in getting a floor plan, you can head on over to the website interiorvibes.com. And for now, you know, just breathe, do some yoga classes, get outside, do some meditation. It's just going to intensify as we get closer to the next two eclipses. And just know, I mean, just be happy that you're aware. Just think of all of the people out there that are absolutely clueless as to what's going on. And we have this roadmap, this blueprint that is giving us breadcrumbs as to an understanding of what's ahead. We don't know exactly what it looks like, but we at least know that the iceberg is up ahead, right? <laughs> so consider yourself lucky because a lot of people don't and a lot of people aren't listening. All right, everyone, if you like the show, be sure to head on over to iTunes, like the show, subscribe to the show, and leave us a comment. We love to hear from you. All right, everyone, trust the vibe, because the energy never lies.